Hello and welcome to What a Jazz Podcast. I'm your host, Elza Vishnevskita. I am very happy to start this podcast because the, the year 2020 has been rough. It really made me miss dancing, miss my friends, my colleagues, traveling. Seems like a lot of things were taken away from us. However, I do feel that by keeping in touch with everyone, we can uh, find a way to survive this and hopefully reconnect with people. So in this podcast, I will be talking to dancers, musicians, and just amazing people from uh, our local community, as well as the international community. I hope your year has been okay and if you're only surviving it without doing crazy things or even dancing too much that's okay that's not the point of the year um, this first episode i am very happy to begin with my very dear friend an amazing human being gabriela metzkuta she is a dancer a doctor and just a freaking awesome person. She made so many things, projects throughout her life and I really want to talk to her, ask her how she's doing and listen to her experience working in a COVID hospital because damn, I have no idea how, how that is. So without further ado, I present Gabriela. I am so excited to, first of all, start this podcast and to start this podcast with you. And uh, you're one of my closest friends. Uh, you're a dancer and you're also an amazing person who is, uh, you know, just saving the world from covid and saving lives, not too much. So I'm very happy you're here. How are you doing? Uh, I could say I'm quite tired, but uh, I'm okay. <laughs> I wish I could say I'm uh, saving life from COVID. Uh, I wouldn't agree with you. <laughs> I'm trying to help with COVID and everything else, but it's far, far away from saving. <laughs> so... Yeah, well, compared to what a lot of us are doing, sitting on the couch, <laughs> you're doing way more than that. So it's sometimes or often even more difficult to sit on the couch and watch what's happening. So, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe. But a um, few days ago, actually on the, I think it was the New Year's or before New Year's, you shared a picture with me from Snowball from a few years ago when yeah. we were there and uh, we just laughed about it and said, oh, how crazy that that happened. And this year, the New Year's is completely different. Uh, and then when I said Happy New Year's to you, I, I think while the rest of us were watching fireworks virtually or maybe in our backyard, you were having a bit more of a rough New Year's party right yeah actually that was probably my first year i missed 
fireworks at all because uh, <laughs> the minute fireworks started, we started to resuscitate one of our patients. So it was, yeah, it was different <laughs> uh, New Year this year and uh, uh, probably not the best experience I've ever had. So yeah, I was working in the, in the COVID service and uh, tried somehow not to panic <laughs> and to do what I can. So yeah, that yeah. was my new year. I cannot imagine what it means to to be there and to watch the situation from so up close. Like first of all, how how do you deal with it, and how do you uh, manage the stress, the maybe workload, the fear, the emotions that you see every day? Like how do you do that? It's hard, of course, but I think I chose this the minute I chose to become a doctor. So I never asked myself, uh, should I go? Should I work in, uh, in COVID service or, um, and so on, so on. I just think I have to do this because that's what I chose. But it's still hard. I can't say, oh, I'm, everything is so easy. I just go there and work and I go home. How do I deal with this, you know? stupid tv series <laughs> that's one of things i do and i come back home from hard shifts and then of course uh, friends with who we talk uh, sometimes by phone sometimes we do video calls you know this <laughs> yeah um and uh, yeah wine I could say wine a lot of wine, <laughs> wine. yeah yeah <laughs> that's true I can't hide this I, yeah but you know <laughs> not too much of wine but still uh, yeah. so yeah th without friends that wouldn't be possible of course and, uh, without family support so yeah I think that's the most uh, um, important things that that can that help me to to deal with this yeah and I presume there's a lot of challenges, of course, but what is like the main challenge at this point? We are in, uh, I don't know, number something of a lockdown. It just seems uh, almost never ending. And what's the thing that's like the hardest at this point? I think everybody who is working with COVID-19 patients would have different uh uh, comments about what what's the hardest part what's the hardest for me is that uh, I am new in a hospital and uh, I sometimes still don't know how the system work in this particular hospital and you know sometimes I need to make things fast and I just don't know how to make them <laughs> happen a bit more from emotional side it's of course the hardest part is we see more and more dying people and uh, it's younger people than we usually used to see who dies and uh, you just sometimes feel useless and helpless because it's not that you can't save these people you sometimes can't even help them to relieve their pain or they short of breath and uh, that kind of things. 
So I guess this is the hardest part, to see how your patient is suffering and not be able to help him. Just because maybe the lack of your knowledge, the lack of, I don't know, drugs you have, the lack of support of others, or, you know, there are a lot of different problems. And what, what is also difficult for me, it's, uh, I just started my new residency uh, of emergency medicine, and uh, I really still lack of uh, knowledge about disease. And I work in this COVID-19 service, which is in university hospital, which means patients are very hard and they have a lot of comorbidities like the disease uh, which are very uh, difficult to treat and I, I really I I don't know how to deal with these diseases so what what I try to do so not to take <laughs> shifts during the night and you are alone but uh, I had to take this one uh, during new year because nobody could take it yeah and uh, while I, I'm working during the daytime, I always have a, a doctor to, next to me. I can ask things and it's, uh, it's totally different. So, yeah, I could say these things are hardest part for me. Was there a patient that uh, really touched you or somehow changed you? But maybe you have some in mind, not necessarily from the covid a hospital, but just in general throughout your practice as a doctor? I don't know. It's it's hard to say uh, one story or one patient. While I was still working as a, a physical medicine and uh, I used to work um, in a cardiologist rehabilitation service, I was uh, taking care of patients every single day for two or three weeks. I always <laughs> became friends with my patients. So, yeah. And now as I started to work in COVID-19 service and I sometimes work two or three days in a row and I come back to the same patient and ask uh, the second and third day, how are you? Do you feel better? And so on and so on. This, this is important for me. This is what I miss a bit uh, from working in emergency room where you get to see the patient just once maybe even for life. Everyone somehow gives you something. And uh, yeah, there is just little part of really angry patients, but I don't know, 99% of patients are always nice to you, warm to you, and uh, they yeah. touch you at some point, yeah. We used to live together, as <laughs> you know. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I just remember that... When we lived together, you know, in the end of the day, we would come back from our work or whatever we have been doing. Sometimes, you know, we had bad days and we would share. I was like, oh, it was a shitty day. This and this happened. And uh, I just remember you always won that uh, contest because, you know, my shitty day <laughs> usually was like, ah, oh, the practice didn't go that well. I got in a fight with someone or so on and so on. Your shitty days was like, Ah, someone died. And <laughs> I was like, okay, I don't have much to say anymore. <laughs> you know, but uh, it's always like that. Everybody has his own problems and we cannot compare them. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So, <laughs> yeah. But you're not only a doctor, 
you're many things and one of them is a dancer. Shortly, maybe you could tell when did you start dancing? That's been a while, right? Yeah, it's been a while. I think uh, I already lost the, the number of years, but I think it's maybe 12 years or something, something the same year or maybe year after you started to dance. So Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. You did this really interesting project uh, in the hospital with Parkinson patients and you taught them Lindy Hop. How did that go? Can you tell a little bit about it? I tried at least <laughs> to teach Lindy Hop. Yeah, so we did this step, um, to the help of uh, quite many of my friends, actually. A few years ago, uh, while I was still studying in uh, university uh, medicine, I had a neurology lecture and one of uh, amazing neurologists, she told us about uh, treatment of Parkinson's disease. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of... Uh, groups of drugs and so on so on you can give for your patient but uh, it's also very important things you can do uh, together with drugs and dance therapy was one of effective methods and uh, that doctor she told us about tango therapy uh, and uh, there's a lot of trials uh, about this uh, dance therapy the, the effectiveness and so on so on so as I started my first residency and I thought, okay, I need to do something. Uh, I went to this doctor and I said, oh, I was thinking maybe we could do something. And she said, yeah, why not? And uh, <laughs> the first uh, uh, mind was, okay, maybe we can do tango therapy. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> even if I didn't dance tango, but uh, I really like this dance. I, I still really like it. And uh, I asked my very good friend, yours too, <laughs> and my colleague uh, and my classmate Martinez, um, if he would like to do this project with me. And he was, yeah, okay. So we decided, okay, let's go and let's learn tango. So then we can teach <laughs> our patients to dance tango. So we started to dance tango. We started to learn tango. And then we said, okay, can I say bad words or no? <laughs> yeah. I think so. I don't know. We say we said, <laughs> it, it didn't go very well by learning tango, and we we said okay, fuck it, and we just said okay, let's try Lindy Hop. To the support of this neurologist and uh, some other friends, we started uh, to call people uh, for this project, and we did it twice, I guess. Yeah, uh, first time uh, we uh, I don't remember now, but it was maybe two or three months uh, course of. Linda Hop classes twice per day with people who suffer from Parkinson's disease. And the second time it was a bit the same. And uh, most of people came back to the course. So yeah, it showed me that people really enjoy these classes. For sure, it didn't treat their uh, Parkinson disease. But what we've seen uh, that people enjoyed classes, they wanted to come back and they felt happier and yeah, I could tell one little story with uh, one patient. Uh, he was uh, in a very advanced stage of Parkinson's disease. He, he was coming all the time together with his wife because it was too difficult for him to come alone. And uh, one, one day the wife came to me and she said, 
oh, you know, but my husband, he he barely can even walk, you know, he, he probably cannot do any of your steps. But since he started to attend your classes, his mood is way much better. And uh, he he's looking for, forward every single class and he'll, he really want to come back uh, here every single day. So that was really touching. And uh, I guess I, I will never forget this. And uh, the last time I saw this patient, it was an emergency room, maybe last spring and uh, it was a different totally different view he didn't speak and he just was looking uh, to, to the sky and that's it so uh, yeah that's how the idea came, uh, came came up and that's how we did and there are so many friends who helped for us did this project because I sometimes had to to, to work during night shift or during day and so on, so on. So I had to ask my friends, okay, can you please uh, help for and uh, be uh, and teach the class instead of me? And yeah, there are a lot of friends who were involved with this project. That's so, amazing. Yeah. I, I think it's such a beautiful project. I remember seeing one video of uh, your class <laughs> doing a shim sham. <laughs> and it was you know very cute and a little funny but yeah and we tried to to do it as a real linda hop class we we asked patients or we asked dancers uh to rotate to change partner to to say what their names and we really tried to make it as a real social uh dancing so yeah yeah and uh, do you know if anything like that has been done with a swing dance or lindy hop? Uh, at least what I know, no. Mm. <laughs> um, it didn't. Uh, it's, yeah, it's more popular with tango. With tango, it's a lot of happening, but uh, not with uh, lindy hop. At least that's what I know. So beautiful. But also, you started your own little community. So in Lithuania, for our <laughs> listeners, uh, we have a community's biggest ones in Vilnius and Kaunas, and uh, maybe something in Klaipeda. But other cities are having very small things going on. And you actually were the one to start a little community in Alitus, in your hometown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's my hometown. And again, thanks to my friends <laughs> and their support, we started this thing. Yeah, because um, in Lithuania, the, the system of um, uh, studies of medicine is uh, six years of studies. And in the uh, end of sixth year, you have to choose uh, the hospital where you will do your internship. So, of course, I choose my hometown because I knew a little bit that hospital and uh, so I asked my friends, okay, let's go together because, you know, Alitus is not a big city. So I knew that I would be too lonely there alone. So I said again for Martinez, <laughs> our friend. And special thanks friend. to Martinez. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and another friend, Jilvinas. Special thanks to Jilvinas. So they joined me and we came back to, to my hometown and we, we started our internship over there and we also started Linda Hop classes over there. And it was a very nice uh, um, experience. We had uh, a group of people uh, of very different age. We, we had just one group, but uh, we had uh, 
people from 15 years old to maybe 40, 50 years old. And um, somehow we succeeded to create a, a little nice community of Linda Hoppers over there. And in the end of our inter internship, we organized a quite big event. <laughs> uh, it was called... Um, Okay, I don't remember. Swinging <laughs> a little. Yeah. No, something <laughs> like that. And we asked, um, we invited uh, the Schwings band to come over there and to play for us. We invited our friends uh, to make some performances. I just wanted to introduce Linda Hop and Swing um, community and culture to the local people. And again, we, we felt such a big... Uh, support of our Lindhop friends uh, from Konas and Vilnius who came and who danced and who did performances and so on so on. And it wasn't just this event. Uh, we tried to organize social events uh, every single week and uh, bigger events every single month. And again, that our friends <laughs> from Vilnius and Konas. So yeah, we tried to make... Uh, real Linda Hop community with all social dancing and yeah that was very nice yeah I think the the hard thing is that in in smaller cities not so many things are happening and of course it's harder to keep that even a Linda Hop community going because uh, some people go to study in different cities and it's a challenge but I remember coming to Atletus for social dances and for that big party and it was one of the best parties but and and it really reminded me that to have a good party you don't need thousands of people and world-class bands sometimes all you need is uh your friends and uh yeah just good and music. the swings band exactly the good music <laughs> and and just being there and I just remember we would jam together and uh have so much fun with like all the beginners from the community and our friends and it was just just an amazing experience yeah and actually it was the first event I was organizing ever in my life I had no idea how to organize an event <laughs> so but it was a very interesting experience I remember you were very stressed and you <laughs> were not eating anything. And I saw and I was like, Gabriella, are you okay? She's like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just you know, <laughs> running to the band and doing that and that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was my first event where I was the MC, I think. <laughs> yeah. So many first things many during first that things. year. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the list, let's uh, not talk about it. <laughs> Um, looking at into the future it's uh, the new year everyone wants to be hopeful but it's also resolutions <laughs> yeah it's resolutions it's freaking hard to be hopeful and to see some light but how do you feel 2021 is here are you hopeful are you worried do you have resolutions actually no <laughs> i don't have any resolutions no, I could, I can see the light already, uh, that the coming of the vaccines, and um, I check the numbers of uh, new cases, not every day, but every maybe two, three days, and uh, 
I've seen uh, today and yesterday that it's a bit less of uh, new cases, so <laughs> it's a little bit uh, optimistic. And uh, I don't know, I just, I wish that we all would learn something from all this um, uh, pandemic situation. And uh, I try uh, maybe not to plan too much, but you know, my 10 years is planned already. That's <laughs> 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 because of studies. Uh, yeah, I just wish we wouldn't be angry to each other so much as we are now. So I don't know, that's what I want the most. But, less uh, anger yeah it less anger yeah and you know to if you say something uh, check the facts if you write something just check the facts and let's just not gossip all the time especially now then the facts what is really matter yeah do you miss dancing a lot actually i sometimes during night shift uh, if it's uh, not very uh, Uh, crowded and I don't have patience I check in the hop uh, videos <laughs> and uh, I'm really missing and I'm very thankful for Facebook for all these memories you know they you can check every single day and actually yeah most of these memories are from Linda hop back to 2000 and I don't know 12 13 and so on so on so it's nice to remember and I want to go back uh, and dance and Yeah, but we still have to wait a bit. I uh, recently saw one of your and Lucas routines from Which Lindy Hop Classic Couple. <laughs> the first year or the second you did it, which okay. was like 10 years ago, less than 10 years ago, but many years ago. And and it's amazing. It made me so happy. I highly recommend you to rewatch those videos, even if they're a bit cringy. Usually when we see ourselves dance, <laughs> like, oh, that's me, my God. I know, yeah. But it's really, it put a big smile on my face. Okay, I will, I will watch <laughs> it. I forgot this, but I will watch it. Yeah, and uh, thank you so much. I'm so fucking happy to have you as a friend. And uh, you inspire me a lot with what you're doing and with everything. And I really hope my hope for the next year is that, you know, we get to to be in the same places and touch people and hug each other sooner than later <laughs> thank you yeah. so much uh thank you Elsa. and uh, <laughs> i really hope we will hug each other i don't know as soon as possible <laughs> as yeah. soon as they let to see other people exactly uh, thank you thank you for tuning in into this week's podcast i'm your host Elsa vishnevskita this podcast was produced with help of Dimitrio Papa that created a beautiful soundtrack for the podcast and Luna Vilnishkita who did the design of the logo. Tune in for the next week's episode. Till then, follow What A Jazz Dance Studio on Facebook and Instagram. Goodbye and good luck.